Amen. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise him that he is the gentle shepherd who leads us and guides us, the one whom we can hope in, the one who knows us. I'm amazed as I grow older and I realize how little I know to realize how much my God knows. And you'd think I'd know myself by now, almost 40 years old, but no, haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what my Savior, my Good Shepherd, knows about me. And not only knows about me, but knows me in care, in precious, tender, loving kindness. What a good shepherd we have who knows us, and he wants us to grow in him, and he wants us to know him. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What a privilege it is to be known by God, and what a privilege it is to know him. And that's the theme of our message this morning. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We have been studying our church's statement of faith and our church covenant. And this morning, we come to our covenant together and how we as a church will advance in knowledge. I'd like to read to you from our church covenant. If you'd like to follow along, that's in the back of your hymnals. The second paragraph of our covenant says, We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge. This morning in Bible Hour, we looked specifically at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to touch a little bit upon that here this morning, but really what I'd like to do is for us to look and understand the concept of knowledge in the Bible and what should be its emphasis in our lives. I've asked you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 because it is the key passage underlying this purpose, this engagement of our church. Look with me at Paul's introduction in 1 Corinthians. And just as a note for all of you who were there in Bible hour this morning, what we learned about in chapter 8 is built upon what is here in chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Corinth and by extension to the church of Jesus Christ throughout all ages, he says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. For even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you this day for your grace that you have poured out upon us. We thank you for Jesus Christ. May we truly indeed be enriched by him in all that we say and in all that we know. May we grow in our knowledge of you, Lord Jesus, and may all things be to your glory and honor. May we grow in the gifts that you have given to your church as we occupy, as we look to that day when, Lord Jesus, you will come back. In this time, Father, I pray that you would help us now as we open your word, as we consider the topic of knowledge, may we understand it your way and as you would have us to know it. I pray, dear Spirit of God, that you would accomplish your ministry of teaching and that you would teach us through your word today according to these things. Be with me. Help me as I speak. Give me clarity of thought and utterance. 
May I speak with authority, but not my own, but yours. May I clearly communicate your word and your truth. And glorify yourself in us, and may we be a people admonished, a people edified, a people built up in you. Glory and honor be to you both now and forevermore, we pray. Amen. Our church covenant declares that we engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge. That's not all. I should put it in context. I'm a big guy on context. We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of the church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its posterity and spirituality, to sustain its worship ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regular to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment, to avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger, to abstain from the sale and use of intoxicating drinks of a beverage, and to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer, to aid one another in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy and feeling and courtesy and speech, to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior, to secure it without delay. And moreover, we engage that when we move from this place, we will, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's Word. There is so much in this for us to consider, for us to consider our relationships with one another. As we continue through it, the last time we were here, we were looking at the subject of walking together by the aid of the Holy Spirit in Christian love. That is really foundational to where we go next. We engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love. Then we are able to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge. I tripped up a bit on the word strive, I'll be blunt with you. One reason is because the scriptures say that as the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, patient, apt to teach. So is there a point of striving that is good? Well, this striving is a striving that is not in the context of strife, but is in the context of working with purpose and diligence and intensity. And notice also that it follows that admonition to walk together in Christian love. I submit to you that as we strive for these advancements, as we work at these things, that if it's not upon the foundation of Christian love, we're in trouble. Christian love must be the foundation. It must be the foundation. And then from there, we move forward, advancing as a church, as a body, individuals and corporately together, as a body in knowledge. Well, there's some things we need to know about knowledge. If we're going to engage together for the advancement of this church in knowledge, there's some very important things we have to know about knowledge. I pray that many of the things that I review for you this morning are things you already know, and I'm simply reminding you of them. Because we're going to go throughout Scripture, and we're going to land down in a few different places to learn some things about knowledge knowledge. There are several things we need to know about knowledge. The first thing we need to know about knowledge is that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. This beginning of knowledge is not just in time, but is in foundation. Knowledge 
must begin in having a fear of God. And it must continue upon that foundation of having a fear of God. Take your Bibles and turn with me back to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. We go from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul is writing and he is praying that every one of us in the church would be enriched by Jesus Christ. Enriched by Jesus Christ in all utterance, in all that we say, and in all knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, it was about being enriched by Christ in all knowledge. Proverbs chapter 1 declares to us what is the beginning and foundation of knowledge. Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction knowledge is very important and God desires that we by Christ be enriched in all knowledge and so where do we begin we have to begin with a fear of God you see way back in the very beginning there was a tree it was named the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know what the problem was with that tree? Simply, God said, don't eat of it. Many have troubled and stumbled over that. If you work with anyone in academia and they are exposed them to that beginning creation account and fall of man, there's a lot of things that the natural man, the unregenerate man, stumbles over in Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. One of those things is this tree that has a name of knowledge of good and evil is not knowledge good. Knowledge is absolutely a good thing. But is it at the beginning and as foundation based upon a fear of God? Adam and Eve sought knowledge, for as the serpent said, your eyes will be opened and you will know good and evil. They believed the lie, which was, you might say, knowledge, and they pursued it without the fear of of God. Because a fear of God would have said, God said no. I will obey him, for he is my creator. I will respect him. I will fear him. And so, it doesn't matter what you have said, serpent. It doesn't matter what knowledge you may introduce to me. It doesn't matter if my eyes will be opened. God said no. And so my pursuit of knowledge begins with a fear of God. And it must continue upon a foundation of a fear of God. Knowledge is a good thing when it is in the fear of God. For it tells us in there in Proverbs 1-7 that fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you fear God, you will pursue knowledge. If you don't fear God, you will be a fool and you will despise wisdom and instruction. Be wise. Fear God. For that is the beginning of knowledge. How many of you have ever been to a library? Yes, libraries. It's full of knowledge, aren't they? They're full of knowledge. How many, I'm curious if you are familiar with Dewey Decibel System? All right, Dewey Decibel System. It's a classification of knowledge. It's old, and it's big now. But it really basically classifies all knowledge into 10 categories, from zero 
to 1,000 with lots of decibels, if you know how the system works. If you're going to pursue knowledge, if you're going to know knowledge, all 1,000 categories and classifications of knowledge and all of the subcategories, you must begin with the fear of God. You see, 1 Corinthians tells us that we need to be enriched by Jesus Christ in all knowledge. Take all the first-level classes of the Dewey Decibel system, those top ten, all generalities of knowledge we need to have in a fear of God. All of our knowledge of philosophy and other related disciplines, philosophy, the 100s category of the Dewey Decibel system, all philosophy and our knowledge of philosophy needs to be based upon a fear of God. If you think about going into a library and considering all of the knowledge of philosophy, wow, will you find a lot of the serpent. You sure will find a lot of the serpent talking about your eyes being opened to this or to that. In fact, it's a dangerous section of the library. Why is it a dangerous section of the library? Oftentimes because people go there without a fear of God. You must have a fear of God. I'm not telling you to ignore the philosophy section of the library. In fact, do there is much that we need to understand about our world and how people think in our world. We simply must approach it with a fear of God. Oh, the 200 section of the library. Religion. Boy, do you sure need it here. You need the fear of God in this category. Most of this category, Dewey Decibel System gets a lot of criticism in the modern world because in the 200 section, um, the majority of it from 200 all the way through the 289 is all about Christian religion, really, and they just reserved a little section for all other religions, which is kind of interesting. But um, I just went on a little nerdy rabbit trail. Forgive me. But religion, religion, all of the category of religion, that we may know about Christianity, about Judaism, about any and every other religion or cult or philosophy of religion in the world, it all must be based upon a fear of God. We're going to come to our next point of knowledge, which is a knowledge of the holy. We have to know who is holy and by him what is holy as we approach all of these categories of knowledge even in the religious categories. It's kind of interesting because in modern times, authors and book publishers and libraries have a tension. going to let you into a little bit of a world you probably didn't know about. And it all has to do with how a book is categorized. So you write a book about parenting. How do you want it classified? Do you want it classified under religion? Or do you want to classify it under social studies parenting? Well, it's a very interesting debate. Because if your book even begins to have scripture in it, libraries were automatically relegated to the religious section. And just in case you didn't know, vast majorities of people don't go to the religious section of libraries. It's the dustiest part of the library. I go there and I, <laughs> truly, it's the most neglected part of a library, which is why authors and publishers who write a book about parenting or a book about parenting using biblical principles most of the time don't want to be classified under the 200s religious section. Why? Because no one will ever find them there. Not that no one will. But they, their audience is limited only to those interested in religion. Here is the truth of the matter. That whole debate between the publishers, authors, and, and libraries, all knowledge must be built upon the foundation of the fear of God. So I'm going to tell you, God has his fingers in the generalities, that really super boring part of the library. God has his fingers in the part of philosophy. Boy, he's got it a lot there. Certainly in the realm of religion, 
moving on into social studies. You see, the truth is, is that in all of these classifications of knowledge, God must be the foundation of it all. I don't mean to say that every single thing that's written has to have the footnote or citation back to the Bible, but it all has to be built upon a fear of God. All categories, not just the 200s on religion or Christianity. For so do the 300s of social sciences, that of household, home life, family life, the way people think, the way we teach our children, the way we govern our world, law, all of this under the category of social sciences must be built upon the foundation of a fear of God. So also is true in language. Language is an interesting thing. But in all the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of understanding language, which is really a summary of how God split things up involving how people think and how people process information and all, it all still ultimately comes back to, do we know God? The pure sciences. The pure sciences. There are many people who kind of dismiss some of these aspects of knowledge, and we ought not to. We ought to be growing in knowledge. We ought to be enriched by Christ in all knowledge. Science is vitally important in life. God is the greatest scientist ever to exist. In fact, he invented it all. The pure sciences really is a study of God and what he has created all the way down to mathematics that some people are obsessed by and other people abhor. Be enriched in all knowledge by Jesus Christ, the one who invented it, created it, and what do we do with that knowledge? Moving through the library to the 600s is technology of the applied science. When we know what the way God works and what things are, how do we use that to take dominion in this world? How do we obey that command as his image bearers to take dominion of his creation as he has commanded us to do? That is by pursuit of knowledge in the applied sciences and technology. Oh my, does God have a place and does the fear of God have a place in the arts? Taking our library system again, coming to the 700 section. In the arts. From everything from performances to movies to paintings to, to writings. Is God there? Sometimes we trouble with the arts. And you know why we trouble with the arts? Is because the fear of God is not the beginning of the knowledge. And because the fear of God is not the foundation of what we as human beings create in art. And so as we are seeking knowledge, must be so careful to have the fear of God in pursuing this realm. This is so difficult. Why one reason parents homeschool their children is because they begin to go through these different categories of language and they get to this one and it's just like, huh? And Christians so often go, well, it's art. No, just because it's art doesn't mean that it's a pursuit of what we should pursue. Is it in the fear of God? is what we produce in the arts and is what we seek to know about in the arts in the fear of God. We move on to the 800s category in the library. Literature. Mm -hmm. Here it is again. So many things are whitewashed because it's literature. It's the classics. All of it must come back too is it beginning with a fear of God? And is the fear of God the foundation of it? And are the things that we get exposed to in literature sifted through in this way? Are we careful both in literature and in the arts to be simple concerning evil? Some people might say, whoa, you just now propagated ignorance. Hmm. No, I didn't. Simple. Simple. 
There are things that we may learn and know through life and maturity, and sometimes we don't wish we knew them. The fact is that in all of these areas, we pursue knowledge, but in the fear of God. And that means that there are frequent times when we may be finding ourselves learning things or reading things or seeing things, and we say, is this pleasing to my God whom I fear? Time to close it. Put it aside. And refocus our knowledge being enriched by Jesus Christ. We could continue on in the library to the 900 section of geography and history. Oh, there is so much to learn from history. So much to be able to understand from history when we know the geography. All of this knowledge, this we need to be enriched in. But again, we begin to learn things of history. Just yesterday, one of my boys was reading a book, and it had to do with history. And just yesterday morning, we had been reading in the book of Romans and had read Romans chapter 13 about the powers that be. And later, he's reading about the powers that be. And he had a whole long list of questions about authority structure, reading about history from 1846. It was a great conversation. As he sought knowledge, and what was beautiful about it is that he was seeking knowledge in the fear of God. So we read this in, Pro, in, in Romans chapter 13, and now this is happening. And so what should happen here and here? We need to pursue knowledge. And as we pursue the knowledge, we need to pursue it with a fear of God. And let me tell you what is the first part of having a fear of God, what that will result in. And this is the highest priority. All the classifications of knowledge. You could pursue it all. I once heard, knew someone who said that once a month they were going to read a book from all 10 classes of the Dewey Decibel System. That's actually not a bad idea. But you know, when that person told me that, I thought, that's an awesome idea. That would broaden your understanding and knowledge, wouldn't it? Really good idea. But not to the neglect of developing your knowledge of the Holy One. of the Holy One through His Word. There is all knowledge. The, the Dewey Decibel system is a classification of all knowledge, a representation of all knowledge, which doesn't fit in all the books of the world. Because, by the way, all knowledge is wrapped up in the all-knowing God. And he's the only one that knows everything. And we, as finite beings, after millenniums, will never begin to comprehend all that is really to be known. Because He's infinite and his ways are past finding out. That's the reason why in our pursuit of knowledge, we must first and foremost pursue and know the Holy One through his word. And through his word, evaluate everything else in all knowledge as we are enriched by Jesus Christ. Don't take my word for it. You're there in the book of Proverbs. Turn over to chapter 9. We read in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs 9, 10, it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is like applied knowledge, kind of like you have the pure sciences and then the applied sciences. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Again, we have to have the fear of the Lord in applying the knowledge. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. If we're going to be enriched in knowledge, we need to know the Holy One. Then we will understand. Then we will be able to take all of the knowledge that we have and we will have an understanding of that knowledge. We will then, in a sense, to, ex to expand this, have the knowledge of good and evil. But if we do not have a fear of God and a knowledge of the holy, we will have a very difficult time as we navigate the world of knowledge in knowing what is good and what is evil. And so as a church, we endeavor to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge. 
This is why it is such a tragedy when missionary schools and church schools around the world, when a law is passed, you can't teach the Bible. They think they can continue the rest of this without the Bible. It won't work. It's why it's here in our, our covenant. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of the holy is where we begin. That is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. We cannot properly process and apply and understand the knowledge of this world without having a knowledge of the holy. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, the very last words of the apostle Peter are thus, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We need to grow in grace and we need to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is all in all. We need to know him. He is the all-knowing God. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, it was prophesied that Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, he, the spirit of the Lord, would rest upon, and it describes that fear, that spirit of several different spirits, and one of them is the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That's a spirit that rested upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Thereby for us, as we are seeking knowledge to be enriched by him in all knowledge, he had the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord upon him. So that is also what we need to have. We need to have knowledge that is taught to us also by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, that's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to teach us all things. He is there first and foremost to teach us spiritual things. But I'm going to tell you that in all the classifications of knowledge, the Holy Spirit has something to say. If we're listening, are we listening to him? He is the one who will teach us all things. That's why, again, I love our covenant where it says, by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Are we enriched in knowledge? Well, these are very positive things about knowledge. Turn back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Just a moment ago, we read in the introduction to this letter that it is Paul's desire under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we be enriched by Jesus Christ in all utterance, that's speech, and in all knowledge. And then we turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and we read this. We know that we all have knowledge, verse 1. I'm skipping the introduction. It's, a, it's, it's part of the context, and that's the reason why I didn't want to have to preach two sermons all in one sermon here. We preached on the whole chapter in Bible Hour this morning, so if you missed it, go back and get the context, because the context is actually really important to understanding what we're just going to touch on, the principle here. The context, by the way, and the application of it is brilliant and very important, but we don't have time this morning to do that. We covered that in Bible Hour this morning. The principle here is, is that we know that we all have knowledge. All of us are growing in knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. As I pointed out this morning, many use that as a proof text to deride knowledge. Never do that. That's despising knowledge, and that's what fools do. The problem is not with knowledge. The problem is with the human heart, and the problem is with insufficient knowledge and those who think they have it all figured out. Look at the context. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. This is why we have to have knowledge, but we have to have charity along with it. And may I also submit to you, we have to have that foundation of the fear of God. Knowledge starts with the fear of God, continues in the fear of God, and the outflow of it is love, not arrogance. The description here of this one who has, is puffed up with knowledge and does not have charity is the sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Bang, bang, bang. He's the know-it-all. Just shut up. That's how we treat know-it-alls, right? They drive us wild. That's what it's talking about here is the know-it-all who's puffed up and has no love, has no care. A modern expression is, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. Do we care? Do we love? 
do we love in our knowledge? Knowledge can result in arrogancy. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Knowledge has got to have charity along with it. Why? Because true knowledge that is in love and in the fear of God will result in humility. Paul makes a statement to all those who are puffed up with knowledge. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, that know it all, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. See, the truth is that the more that we know, we should realize how little we know. All the libraries in the world cannot contain all the knowledge that God has. And so the truth is that the more that we know, the smaller we should feel. But yet to also recognize that God desires for us to be enriched in all knowledge. Knowledge is a good thing, and God desires for us to be enriched in all knowledge. But may that knowledge also be in the love of God. For if any man love God, the same is known of him. We're a precious treasure to God. Do we know him? Do we love him? Do we love others as his love flows through us? The problem is not with knowledge. The problem is with the human heart. Back to the very beginning, the fall of Lucifer, his pride, his pride, his lie. Your eyes will be opened. Knowledge must be in the fear of God and with love. Another thing we need to know about knowledge is that it's limited and it is insufficient. We've seen how it's insufficient without love, and it is also limited. In the same letter here of 1 Corinthians, we go to chapter 13. I hope you have something come to your mind when I say 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. I referred to it a moment ago when I spoke of the tinkling cymbals and the sounding brass. In verse 2, he says and writes, And though I have all knowledge and have not charity, I am nothing. Which is really incredible because a lot of people who think they have a lot of knowledge, it just now said they have nothing if they don't have it with charity. Nothing. It's a nothingness. It's an arrogancy that is empty. Later in this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it declares, charity never faileth, but whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Well, that's interesting. Knowledge is limited and even temporal. Why? Because the truth is, as I believe it and see it, all knowledge exists in the Godhead. And there's a day when it's going to all just be in him. It's all in him. That's why he enriches us in him. This later in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it declares that we see through a glass darkly. We, we see through a glass darkly. We are so limited in our understanding, our perception, our knowledge. But he hopes in the fact that the day is coming when we shall know even as also I am known of him. There is a knowledge that even continues in that special way. Something else we need to know about knowledge. In fact, something we need to be aware of. Beware of false knowledge. False knowledge. Proverbs 19.27 declares, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. There is supposed pseudo-knowledge that causes us to err, to err from true knowledge. Isaiah 47.10 says, For thou hast trusted in thy, in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, None seeth me. God declares this, Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. Do you see the arrogance? Beware of false knowledge. Also beware of willing ignorance. First Peter, or Second Peter, chapter 3, and verse 5. 
before it says that we are to grow in all knowledge of him. It says, for this, there are people in the last days that have risen up, they are willingly ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. There is a whole world in the world of knowledge, and I'm not saying all, but a subset of the knowledge where there is willing ignorance that God is the creator. Beware of such false knowledge. This is why, again, you have as the beginning and as the foundation a fear of God. You know one of the biggest troubles in the world of knowledge? And it's, by the way, it's not just in books. I mean, it's every part of media and every part of teaching and every part of communication. Knowledge is all over the place. Just because I'm talking about a library system doesn't mean I'm limiting it to a library. Knowledge is far more than that. Is that there is ever learning. There is ever writing of books. Or may I describe it as Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3? This he said, know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come for men ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning, always learning, 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 but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. Beware of that and beware of willing ignorance. Pilate said, what is truth? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. The problem is that Pilate asked it as if he couldn't find it out. What is truth? Beginning with a fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He's the beginning of truth. And the last thing that we need to know about knowledge is that we have a duty, a privilege, and a responsibility to teach and to hear knowledge. We have a duty and privilege and responsibility to teach and hear knowledge and understanding. Hosea, the Old Testament prophet, Hosea chapter 4, deals particularly with an ignorance of God in the nation of Israel. A nation who was specifically called out and set apart to know God, to receive his law and his word, to be the agents by which it would be spread to other nations. And yet we find out in Hosea chapter 4, God declaring condemnation to the priests who had a job to teach the word of God, to teach about God. And we find this rebuke. God declares through the prophet Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What a heart cry of God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou hast no priest, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Judgment is brought upon the priests who had a job of teaching the law and teaching the people about God. But the people and the priests had failed to teach and to be taught. God's ways. And God groans in agony. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God's desire is for his people to grow in knowledge. That's what is said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that we be enriched by Jesus Christ in all utterance, in all that is said, and in all knowledge. This was his desire as well in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah chapter 3, God says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. What will these pastors according to God's heart do? He says, they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding go together, and it is the responsibility for there to be teachers, pastors, shepherds teaching 
knowledge and understanding, the application of it. We have this responsibility in the church. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul gives his young friend, Timothy, instruction. He says to Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that's where this command starts, in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is a pattern. This is why we as a church have covenanted together to engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge. Let us begin that pursuit in the fear of God. Let its outflow be in the love of God, Christian love. In the next paragraph, we engage also to maintain family and secret devotions to religiously educate our children. It's not just the ministry of the pulpit, the ministry of the pastor to be teaching knowledge and understanding. It is vitally important that it is taking place in the home. <laughs> I've tried to thought, think through a calendar of my career, so to speak. Don't like that word when it comes to the ministry, but nonetheless, think of it in that way for a moment, of how I would cover the whole counsel of God in the very life that is a vapor. I only can scratch the surface of what is in the scriptures here if I were to preach twice, three, or four times a week to you. Daily, you need to be feeding yourself individually and as families all through growing in grace growing in knowledge, beginning with the fear of God and walking in love. And when we come to that part of it, we're going to talk some more about it. But that's an important part of all of this. We need to have the right view of knowledge, both as a foundation and as an outflow. Do we value knowledge? Do we long to be enriched by Jesus Christ in all knowledge? Do we make it as a priority in our lives to know the Holy One? George Mueller, we've been learning about him in family Bible time, haven't we? He had a rule for himself. Do you remember that rule? He created a rule. Again, let me represent here. The inspired, as Brother Christopher shared in Bible Hour this morning, starting off, the infallible Word of God. All the libraries in the world, all the knowledge in the world, the revealed Word of God. George Mueller said, I will not, I will not read. His perspective was that he would read 10 pages of inspired Word to every one page of other writings and of other knowledge. Now, I'm not setting down this rule. It's not a rule to set down. But there's an illustration of how one man valued how precious this is compared to all of this. Because if you really want to have an understanding of this, you need to have the fear of God. You have to have a knowledge of the holy. This is all important. God wants us to be enriched in all knowledge. But if we're going to have wisdom and understanding, it has to begin with the fear of God. And how do we get a fear of God? By knowing him, by having a knowledge of the holy. How do we know about him? One, by walking in his spirit and allowing his spirit to teach us through his word, through his grace. We need to be enriched in all knowledge. Do we have God's word as a priority in our lives? Let us be enriched by Jesus Christ in all knowledge. So the next time you go to the library and you start walking down through the classifications, or you could go to the, you know, I'll go there, I'm getting nerdy again. Next time you go, look to be enriched, but not by the books, but by Jesus Christ in all knowledge.
in all knowledge. Know your God. Heavenly Father, we seek you, we need you, we want to know you. We see through a glass darkly. We know things, but oh, how little we know, especially when we consider all that you know. We think we even know ourselves, yet how little we know about ourselves. May we seek to have a knowledge of you, the Holy One. May we have a fear of you, a reverence and an awe and a respect and a fear for you are great, all-knowing, omniscient, infinite God. May we be a people humbled, humbled before you to know how little we know, but may we be motivated to know you and to be enriched by you, Lord Jesus, in all that we say, teach, all that we know, all knowledge. Enrich us, we pray. And may we also have understanding and wisdom. True understanding and wisdom to apply what we know. And dear Spirit of God, we know you're the one who will give that to us as well. So teach us, help us, and may we be sensitive to your leading. Move among this, your church, May we advance in knowledge. May we religiously, but not just religiously, in all things, teach our children. Teach them to fear you. Teach them to love you. Teach them to love others. Teach them to love knowledge that is enriched by you. May we go forth with your praise on our lips. We worship you this day. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Will you seek knowledge? Will you be enriched? Today I ask you to commit yourselves to the Lord Jesus that you pray just as Paul prayed. Thank God for the grace of God that is given to us by Christ Jesus. And will you pray as well with Paul in your own heart that in everything you will be enriched by him in all that you say and in all knowledge to his glory. I'll tell you the most important thing you need to know is that you're a sinner and that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again, and that only Jesus can forgive your sins and give you life and save you from everlasting judgment. You now know it. Do you understand it? I hope you do. If you have questions, I'd love to answer your questions. I don't have all the answers, but I do my best from the scriptures. And there's a lot of other people here who'd like to answer your questions so that you can understand. And most importantly, do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if you have a fear of God, you will believe on him and you will find the knowledge of the holy. Trust in him this day. Joel.